0: If you're here at uh, Renaissance for the first time, we are usually pretty upbeat and, you know, exciting, happy stuff. But life isn't always that way. And uh, we're a church that uh, wants to deal with realistic issues that real people go through as we live in the real world. And bad things happening to good, to good people is unfortunately part of life in, in this world. I've seen that movie a couple of times and watched the video clip. I don't know how many times. And uh, what strikes me, there's a couple of ironies in that video clip. First is that uh, C.S. Lewis's wife was named Joy. And uh, when Joy died, uh, at least for a period of time, Lewis's Joy died. And uh, it's kind of ironic when you think of it that way. The other irony is, as, as Steve was pointing out, the, uh, C.S. Lewis's friends were giving him intellectual answers to the question of why, you know, why did this happen to me, God? Why did this happen to her? And his, his friends gave him intellectual ant- answers to that. The irony is that uh, 20 years before his wife Joy died, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Problem of Pain, in which he answers uh, the intellectual question. And in fact, in the preface to his book, Lewis says, the only purpose of this book is to solve the intellectual problem raised by suffering. So C.S. Lewis knew all of the right answers. He knew the answers at least as well as his friends did, if not better. And yet none of those answers, none of those intellectual answers to the question as to why bad things happen to good people, none of those intellectual answers were of any comfort to C.S. Lewis at that time. He knew them here, but what he needed was something down here in his heart. He knew it in his head, but he needed it in his heart. And it took some time, but eventually Lewis did come back. His, His faith wavered for a time, but he came back and his faith in God was stronger than ever as he understood what was going on and that he had a God who cared. He asked that question. He said, God knows, but does God care? And when we're in the moment of suffering, either ourselves or vicariously through someone who we care about, and we ask, why is this happening? Why is this bad thing happening to this good person? We might be asking it on on an intellectual level, but Ultimately, we're really asking it on an emotional, on a spiritual level. We're asking the question that C.S. Lewis is asking. God knows, but does God care? That's what we really want to know. Does God care? Sometimes we do have intellectual answers to the questions as to why some of these bad things happen. Uh, Take a, a lifelong smoker who gets lung cancer doesn't take a medical degree to tell you that there's probably a connection between their smoking and their lung cancer or between uh, the alcoholic's excessive drinking and his or her cirrhosis of the liver. Okay, we've got an intellectual answer there. There's a connection. What do you do with the six-year-old who gets leukemia? A little tougher. What do you do with the family that's uh, killed in a car crash with a drunk driver? Not so easy, and there are answers. There are intellectual responses to that question. We live in a broken world, being probably the the main one. Uh, this world is not as God designed it. It shouldn't be this way, and that's part of it. But is there a lot of comfort in that answer? And there are other answers, and if if you'd like to. To explore that further, let me encourage you, C.S. Lewis's book, The Problem of Pain, is outstanding, and it, it really is something that you should read to get at that intellectual question. But if you want to get at the heart question, uh, there's something deeper than just simply the intellectual answers there. If you want to answer that question, does God care? And that's where I want to focus on this morning, that not the, why do bad things happen to good people, but why? do bad things happen to good people? Why is this happening to me or to this person whom I love? And I want to, to do that by taking a look at the, at a story in the Bible uh, in John chapter 11, the gospel of John. John was one of Jesus' closest friends, and he told this story about Jesus. And by saying that it's a story, I don't mean that it's not true. It actually did happen. And one of the, the wonderful facets of the Bible is that so much of it is written as story. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense because we as people live our lives as story. We live our lives on a moment-by-moment basis, not as a set of propositions on a piece of paper, but as a set of experiences that we go through. Some are easy, some are hard, some are pleasurable, some are painful. And here's an experience that Jesus and some of his friends Went through, and I think it helps us with this question of why do bad things happen to good people and and does God care about them going on? So let's take a look at John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, "'Lord, if he sleeps, he he will get better.' And Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, "'Lazarus is dead, and for your sake "'I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. "'But let us go to him.' On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother.' And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher's here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. "'Come and see, Lord,' they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "'See how much he loved him?' But some of them said, could, "'Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man "'have kept this man from dying?' And Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. "'Take away the stone,' he said." But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. We live in a broken world and Jesus, when he was on the earth, lived in, in that broken world. And we have evidence right in the passage that we looked at. Jesus' friend Lazarus died and there was pain, uh, emotional pain and loss, uh, suffering among his friends and his, his loved ones. Um, and, and we get sick. Sometimes people we love uh, die and eventually each of us will die. We get sick. Uh, we lose our jobs. Uh, our relationships can become strained uh, and broken. Whether it's as seemingly mundane as seasonal allergies or whether it is as devastating as losing someone due to cancer, whether it's as close as our family members or whether it's as far away as what's going on over, say, in Iran or Iraq or Afghanistan, halfway around the world, we're reminded every day of the fact that we live in in a broken world. And that's not the way that God created it. When God created the world, it was perfect. It was good. Bad things didn't happen to good people. People didn't get sick. People didn't die. Relationships didn't break. People didn't hurt one another. There was no suffering and there was no pain uh, and, and there was no sorrow. That's not the way that God designed it to be. And in the story that we just read, we have that evidence of the broken world. Um, Lazarus becomes sick and he died. And Jesus responds to that. And watching Jesus' response, watching what Jesus does in light of the brokenness that he encountered is the beginning of the answer to the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Or as C.S. Lewis put it, God knows, but does God care? Take a look at verses 33 through 35. When Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then Jesus wept. And at first glance, when you look at this, it seems like Jesus' response is primarily an emotional one of sadness and sorrow at the death of his friend. And and verse 35 certainly when when it says Jesus wept, verse 35 certainly indicates that. But there's something that's easy to miss in large part because there's a Greek word in there that's really difficult to translate. It says where, where John says Jesus was deeply moved in spirit. And in Uh, literature outside the Bible, that word is sometimes actually used, it's almost funny, of a horse snorting, you know, that that sort of thing. In other literature, it's used of outrage or of anger or of indignation. And I think what John is trying to say here is when Jesus saw Mary and Martha and the others there crying over the death, death of Lazarus, Jesus was outraged he was angry, he was indignant. And you ask why is he mad that they're crying? No. He's he's angry because he created this world and it's broken. Because death wasn't part of the plan. Death wasn't the way that it's supposed to be. And so he's angry because he looks and he sees his friend Lazarus is dead and he says, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not the way I created it. Death is not good. Death is not what I want. And so he's angry. He's outraged at that. And so that's part of his response. But it doesn't simply stop there. He goes on and he has that emotional response as well. He's, he's sad because of Lazarus' death. Verse 35, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. But in those two words, there is more theology, which is just a, a fancy way of more thinking about who God is and what he's like. There's more wrapped up in those two words than in many other hundreds of words that we could say. Jesus wept. The God of the universe, the God who created the universe, cried. Why? Because he's sad. Because he felt the pain that Mary and Martha were going through. And again, at first glance, it might appear that Jesus is sad because he's lost his friend Lazarus. Because he's, you know, he's thinking, as C.S. Lewis is saying, am I going to forget when she, he says, am I going to forget her? I can't remember her. Will I ever see her again? The problem with that with regard to Jesus is he knows that in about five minutes he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. You know, So he's not crying because he has a sorrow that isn't going to be uh, comforted because he's worried that he's never going to see his friend again. No, he knows he's going to see him again in about five or ten minutes when he raises, raises him from the dead. Jesus is crying because he feels the pain that Mary and Martha and the others there feel. He feels their loss. He empathizes with them. He shares their pain. And so when we ask the question... You know, does God care? God cares. Jesus wept. And that's how, at least part of the reason, why we know uh, that God cares. Jesus shares our pain. We don't have a, a God who is so distant from us, kind of sitting up there in heaven on his throne, you know, sipping a whatever it is that he he might be drinking up there, you know, eating cotton candy clouds or, you know, whatever it is, he's kind of watching down at the movie and saying, oh, yes, look at those poor people down there. Oh, well, I guess the world's broken, too bad. And, you know, he goes off and talks with the angels or something like that. We don't have a God who's distant from us, who's far away who doesn't care about what's going on. We have a God who cared enough that he entered into the world, he entered into this broken world, and was with humanity, shared the pain that we feel because he himself was completely a man, a male human being. He shared that pain, he felt that pain, and he empathized with Mary and Martha in their loss of their brother Lazarus. God felt our pain and he entered into this broken world in order to rescue, from, rescue us from it because he loves us. God's love for us, God's empathy with us doesn't just stop at the emotional level. It's not that he just, you know, he's not just a God up there who's kind of watching what's going on. He's not simply a God who feels our pain, he's a God who comes down and actually does something about it. Take a look at what he says in uh, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He says to Martha. And she says, yes, I do. What Jesus is saying to Martha is I came to rescue you from this broken world. I feel your pain and I'm doing something about it. I care and I want to make a difference in your life, both here and now but also in the future. And at first glance we focus mostly on the future, you know, on what we might call eternal life in heaven with God. And he Jesus is promising this. He's saying that death is inevitable, but after we die, I, Jesus, and the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will have life even after death, getting to spend eternity with Him in a place where there is no brokenness, where there is no pain, where there is no suffering, where there is no death, where there is no bad things that happen to good people. And so He's making that promise for those of us who are following Jesus and, and who are trusting in Him. But it's not just in the future; it's also here and now. Jesus is offering a life that's not necessarily free of pain. We still have pain. He's offering a life that's not necessarily free of death. We still do die. He's offering a life that's not necessarily free of broken relationships or hurts or job loss or whatever it may be. But he's offering a life where we have a relationship with him, where he provides that comfort and that peace and that encouragement that can enable us to transcend the circumstances in which we live, can enable us to be content even when we're going through a difficult time. And C.S. Lewis, at the time in that scene in the movie, he wasn't feeling that. But as time went on, he came back. He came back to God and recognized that in fact... God does love me, he said. He recognized that and he found that comfort, he found that solace, he, he found that contentment that he had lost. He found the joy, in a sense, that he had lost. Throughout the rest of his life, he never forgot his wife. And there was always a pang of sorrow there. But that sorrow was the backdrop against which the love of his Savior was set. And he found that love to be comforting uh, in spite of the pain. Uh, that he had gone through. And, and so when Jesus paid uh, to rescue us from, that, from this broken world in which he lived, he paid a pretty high price, and all we have to do is trust him, believe that he provided that for us. And when I read the story of, of uh, Lazarus, I'm, I'm always struck by the relationship that Mary and Martha had with Jesus. Do you notice that a couple of times they said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And they're absolutely correct. If Jesus had been there, their brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. And Jesus intentionally stayed away so that he could reveal more of himself to them, so that he could show them that comfort, be an example for us so that when we go through difficult situations, we can find that comfort, we can find that peace, we can find that encouragement that he offers. Mary and Martha knew that Jesus loved them. They knew that he cared for them. Why? Because They had spent hours upon hours, days with him. Jesus often visited them at their home. They hung out together. They spent time together. They knew what he was like. They knew that he cared. So when they said to him the intellectual statement, we know that if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died, it wasn't shaking their fist at him. It was saying, you know, we need that comfort. We want that help because we know that you're bigger than death. So provide us with some comfort. He provided life for their brother, and he provided them with the comfort as well. And he offers that comfort to us also. And that's, that's the challenge for us, is to trust in him, to, to believe in him when we don't know him necessarily as well as Mary and Martha did. And that's what we need to do, is to grow in our knowledge of him wherever you are in your spiritual walk in the across the spiritual spectrum from being pretty far from God to being pretty close to him. Wherever you are, we each need to move closer to God. Whether you grew up singing the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, you know, and a couple people laughing out there. Some of you know that song, you know, and others of you are like, I never heard that song before, you know. But if you've grown up as a follower of Christ and can't remember a day when you didn't know him, or whether today is your first time in church, maybe in your entire life or in five or ten or 20, or 30 years, and you are far from God, and you're saying, mm, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. Like your music, decent message. Maybe I'll come back next week, here a little bit more, but this whole Jesus thing is not for me yet, but I'm checking it out. Wherever you are along that spectrum, let me encourage you, take that next step. Ask God a question, explore, find out more about who God is and, and what he's done for us in Jesus. That's what we're here for, Sunday mornings. Our services are designed to help you wherever you are, to grow in your relationship with God, to take a step closer to him, to ask and answer some of the tough questions that we have. We have discussion groups for adults on Thursday nights where we talk about issues like this and and many other issues. A lot of good books, including, although it's probably gone by now from the earlier services, C.S. Lewis's Problem of Pain. You can get it on Amazon.com. Great book, definitely worth reading. Several others there that could be helpful for this issue as well or other things that you're working through in your relationship with God. We've got copies of the Bible. Pick one up if you don't have one. Read it. Find out more about who God is. Talk to me. Talk to Rich when he gets back from vacation or a friend uh, who knows more about Jesus, who knows Jesus better than you do. Wherever you are in your spiritual walk, let me encourage you to take a step closer to God to grow in your relationship with him because ultimately... No matter how many intellectual answers we have to the question of why bad things happen to good people, ultimately, the comfort that we find is not in those intellectual answers, it's in the person of Jesus who loves us and who died for us because he loves us. When uh, C.S. Lewis's wife died of cancer, the comfort he found was not in his book, The Problem of Pain, it wasn't in those intellectual answers. That doesn't mean that the intellectual answers were wrong. They just weren't what he needed at that time. And the comfort wasn't in the platitudes of his friends. The comfort came when he turned to his creator and said, I need you. And God revealed himself to C.S. Lewis and he grew in his love for, for God and he found that comfort, he found that solace, that solace and he found that peace. Peace. C.S. Lewis had a savior who cared for him, who loved him, and that gave him peace. When we're talking about bad things happening to good people, we can get into a discussion as to whether or not uh, that good person is really all that good. Uh, You know, the smoker who um, got lung cancer, did they deserve it? Well, yeah, maybe in some sense, but... Like I said, what about the six-year-old who had leukemia? Did she deserve it? Not necessarily. Uh, But there's only one person who's really, truly, completely good about whom there is no argument as to whether or not they're good who deserved absolutely nothing of the bad things that happened to him, of the sorrow, of the sadness, of the pain that he went through. And that's Jesus himself. So when we ask ourselves the question, does God care when bad things happen to good people? Does he know what it's like? He can say, yeah, I absolutely do. The creator of the universe, the perfect, holy, completely good God came to earth, lived among us as a human being, suffered felt the pain, went through the pain, and then went through an incredible pain of dying on a cross, not because he had done anything wrong, not because he was in any way bad, not because he was being punished for something he had done, not because he deserved it, but in spite of it, he came to rescue us from a broken world, a world that we had broken, and his suffering was because of what we had done, not because of what he had done. And so when we ask the question, does God care? Yeah, he cared enough to come and to hang on a cross between two thieves so that we could spend eternity with him and so that we could have hope and comfort in this life as well. And so the good God loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for us. And that. For me in the in the challenges that I face in my life, I think for C.S. Lewis and the challenges that he faced in his life and for so many others who are followers of Jesus, that's where our peace and our comfort and our hope come from, from knowing that we have a God who loved us that much. I'd like to ask Julie and uh, the guys to come up and uh, Julie's gonna sing a great song for us that really ties all of this together, puts it in perspective and helps us to think about it. So as she's singing, let me encourage you to Really listen to the words and think of it in light of what we've been talking about here. Think about the love uh, that God showed us in Jesus Christ. And as she's uh, doing that, as, as they're coming up, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that you're a God who loves us, a God who cares, a God who understands the pain that we're going through, a God who isn't just sitting up in heaven watching what's going on, a God who just doesn't simply care, but who's also done something about it. And I thank you for the love that you've shown us uh, in sacrificing your son, Jesus, for us. Father, I pray for myself and for each one of us that we would grow in our understanding of who you are and of the love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Strengthen our faith, strengthen our love for you, and may we uh, know the peace and the, the hope that comes from a relationship with Jesus. We pray in his name, amen.